Hi, you're listening to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution, where we believe wellness isn't wellness if it's just for you. We're your hosts, Zara and Hien. And before we get started, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and review. Even though we're a podcast that believes in decolonizing, we're still bound to the algorithm. So every little bit that you can help us out, we really appreciate it. And we thank you for all the support. Let's get into it. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hello, and welcome to Thoughtful Wellness Revolution with this episode. That is our final episode for season two. It is just Hien and I giving you a little recap of uh, what's on our mind, what is coming up next, and uh, a little bit of whatever else comes up. Uh, So Hien, what's on your mind? Hello, Zara. Um, and everyone listening, um, what's on my mind currently is that it is summer. Summer is in full spring. I mean, full swing. <laughs> That's me wishing I was still in spring and it's hot as balls. And today, Zara and I both are in different locations, but are super hot and we both don't have AC today. So that's on my mind. <laughs> Yeah, that is very much at the forefront of both of our minds here. Uh, It is fucking hot. I kind of expected to come on here and think I'd have a whole lot to say because I don't know if you've been living under a rock or if you're listening to this not as it comes out, but Roe v. Wade was overturned last week and we are all deeply unhappy and enraged. Um, Did you have specific thoughts you want to share on that hand um I think that is mostly it I think deeply unhappy is like an understatement rage is definitely the vibe um and yeah it just feels like I'm living in like the weirdest most nonsensical surreal horrible timeline And, um, you know, I am just going to do what I can to fight back. And I think most people listening have, you know, their own thoughts and takes on this. And I just want to say, like, whatever you feel like you need to do to fight back to do it, because there's so many different things going on right now and so many different takes. Um, But, you know. I'm not here to tell people what they should or shouldn't be doing. I think everyone has their own role. Um, I love that you say that because I will name some things people can do. Not that I think anyone should do, but these are just some thoughts I had. And my dog has some thoughts in the background, if you can hear. And I apologize for that. Um, One, I've seen too many TikToks of white women being like, we need to stop dressing like handmaidens and we need to start dressing like warriors. And it's like, this is not cosplay. So we maybe just stop the cosplay. Um, uh, It's, this is people's lives. Um, Voting obviously is not gonna save us, but don't give up on voting because that is a way Republicans are trying to take away our power in gerrymandering and other Um, tactics that have been used. And instead of posting that people can quote unquote, go camping at your house in your state if they need to, 
fucking get in contact with your local goddamn abortion networks and stop cosplaying like you are the fucking Katniss Everdeen of our goddamn country because none of us are. Ooh, okay. I was gonna not say anything and now I have broken real quick into rage, but um, yeah, we aren't, no one person is going to save us. Stop thinking you're the special one with the special idea. Uh, get there's there's literally so many people, usually black and brown folks, who've been doing this work for so goddamn long because for years they have known that this is what the goal was was to try to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, so yeah, also revolutionary joy, big piece uh, for my black and brown folks. You guys deserve that. So I don't want to sound like I'm on a soapbox telling everyone what to do. That is like work. Some of that work is joy. So yeah, I'm going to stop talking now and open the door for my dog. Cause I don't know if you guys can hear, but she has been just knocking on that door. Um, and maybe let Hien get a word in edgewise. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you Zara, um, sharing your thoughts and I didn't know about the cosplay thing. Um, that frightens me that <sighs> I just feel like no matter how serious shit gets there are just still people who find a way to twist it into like what you just shared about like the white woman talking about cosplaying as warriors or handmaidens or whatever and it's just like how about we don't do that <laughs> you know and and I do very feel strongly about like how about we listen to the many black and brown women in the reproductive justice movement who've been here for a long time doing the work um, and really need our support. Like, how about we just start there with seeing where we can lend our support versus, like you said, people who think that they're going to be the hero of the day, which is, you know, I think that's just like white supremacy reflecting itself into activist spaces, right? Absolutely. White supremacy, like individualism, capitalism, all formed into one to be like, I'm going to be the savior. <laughs> yeah, it's such bullshit. Uh, but yeah, so I suppose we can leave it at that. And if we think of any resources we want to share, we can um, add it to the show notes. Um, so yeah, um, I'm wondering, Zara, if you wanted to just talk a little bit about overall how you felt about season two. Uh, you know, we talked to a lot of different people, amazing people. Um, and, you know, if you've been listening and following along, you hopefully have heard the interviews. Um, but yeah, Zara, any thoughts about like season two? And then now we're at this moment in time. Um, I want to say that I think we went into season two with a lot of foresight. I don't think we planned to have two midwives on because we thought Roe was gonna get overturned. I mean, in the back of my mind, I've been hearing and thinking it for a while, um, but I, I really appreciated having perspectives and um, learning the importance of the different aspects of midwifery, um, like abortion care and perinatal care and you know all the things that make up that. Oh my God, even saying abortion care, I am. <laughs> oh my God. I am not meaning to cry. Hold on. Give me a minute. Yeah, no, Zara, it's okay to have all the feelings about it um, because that's definitely something that is really important. And a lot of people are going to be suffering and basically die without abortion care. Um, 
And so, you know, it's not like a trivial matter to feel a lot of emotions about it because it's really fucking serious stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. And I have cried about it, but like, I think it really just, <laughs> whew. Um, yeah, so I think like it's been really great having season two come out. I'm excited for season three. What were your thoughts on season two? I think that, um, I think you used the word foresight. We had foresight with season two and that was kind of why it's wild to think about because yeah, we definitely did not plan to have two midwives um, on the podcast in one season, um, but it happened. And we also had two um, therapists um, and someone who's an expert on somatics and trauma resolution. And so, you know, I just kind of feel like if you're, I mean, I guess this is what I want to say is like, if you're feeling like you are needing to listen to voices that can show you, you know, not the solution, but just like different, you know, many solutions people are working on. Right. Yeah. That's the right. Yeah. Like not the solution, but like just many different types of solutions people are working on. And just to give you maybe just a sense of inspiration or hope that like, yeah, the world is not a fun place to live in right now. It hasn't been fun for some years. And, you know, I always tell Zara, like my nervous system is like wrecked. It's been wrecked for like the last five years or however long it's going to be wrecked for like the next 10 years plus. But like, it's like, it's like a both. And it's like, I am trying to survive through a really hard time. And there's a lot of people doing things that inspire me and that is changing lives for the better and is like progress is not dead because I think it's very easy to feel that way right now but progress is not dead um so that's like kind of how I am thinking about it and I was wondering if it's okay if I can read um an excerpt of an email I got from um, Lama Rod Owens email list. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I was going to ask if you could read it on the podcast, but I forgot. Please do. Yeah. And so if you don't know, Lama Rod Owens is an um, amazing um, Tibetan Buddhist um, teacher, writer, and he's also a Black queer man. Um, and, you know, I, I'm on his um, email list. Um, and, you know, whenever he does like online events I can attend, I try to attend. And um, he sent an email out a few days ago that I had shared with Zara because I just felt like it gave me what I need in a moment. And so, you know, as always, you know, take what works for you, what resonates and leave the rest behind. But then this email, he says, dear friends, as we enter the summer months, we are entering yet another uncertain season of a continued pandemic, war, inflation, political instability, and much more. Yes, this is overwhelming. However, as I prepare to transition into summer, I remain grateful for being alive in this body and on this earth because I want to be here to help and facilitate a new age of awakening. Contrary to secular understandings of apocalypse being the end of life, a sacred view understands apocalypse as rebirth through truth-telling. As the truth disrupts, we are called to hold space for the discomfort of this disruption, letting it go when we need to and then turning our energy and attention to rebuilding a world centered on the truth. Considering all this, we must understand that summer is a continuation of the work to get free. We remember that a new world is arising, 
and we continue loving, caring, and dreaming this new world into existence. This is how you tend to the summer of apocalypse. With love, Lama Rob. And so immediately when I saw that email, I was like, you know what? I just feel like I needed to send it to Zara. <laughs> so I did. Um, no, I loved it and I appreciated it because I do think, personally, I am an eternal optimist. I will always turn to hope. Obviously not like, uh, what is it? When it's like stupid hope, you know what I mean? Where it's like, there's no reason to be hoping right now, but you're hoping, not like that. Like not where you're delusional, not delusional hope, but like hope that things can get better and that there is this is a time for change and this is a time for growth and for things to be brought into the world and I think a lot of us are thinking about this as a sprint or a single fight when a lot of people don't remember that uh was it the Montgomery boycott bus boycott that lasted 13 months it wasn't just Rosa Parks sitting on a bus one day and then people were like oh my god Black folks should be able to sit wherever they want on the bus. No, it was like hard. It was, you know, a hard battle and many little things. And yeah, I think that's kind of where hope comes in is it's not one thing, which is white supremacy that's going to save us or end us. It's a bunch of little things and we have to have hope and stay in truth, which is, I think, sometimes hard to discern with the world we have going on right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it is definitely something that is hard to discern, but of course is something that is always worth seeking. And, you know, I just want to remind everybody that like your podcast host, um, Zara is a Sagittarius and I am a Sagittarius rising. And so the whole eternal optimist, like big philosophical thoughts, big picture thoughts, but we got to keep going the fire. I mean, that, that's, I mean, I feel like we express um, or, or, or represent the Sagittarian vibes a lot on this podcast. And I think everything you just said, Zara, it's very much like, yeah, it's no exception this time, <laughs> like no exception this time. Um, so I was wondering if you wanted to share a little bit about what we might be doing next. Um, what we might be doing next, we are preparing guests. For season three we already have one lovely guest who we've already recorded but another thing we're going to be doing is so obviously we believe very much that wellness isn't wellness it's just for you on this podcast uh we also believe that uh leftism ideas and theory should be kind of interwoven into all the conversations we're having in this country right now like it shouldn't just be talking about leftism and politics um because there are a lot of systems that are based on the current systems that we have that just don't work anymore like I want to say I don't know Hollywood um (laughs) so one of the things Yen and I really are excited to talk about is kind of give uh some leftist takes to pop culture stuff and that is a bonus episode. Those are bonus episodes we will be doing over on our sub stack. Yes, our sub stack, um, where we will either be picking a topic, an event, a person um, from pop culture and discussing them. And I don't know if critiquing with leftist ideas is the right term, but it, it suffices for what I'm trying to explain. Um, 
yeah. So did I, one hand, did I explain that well? <laughs> and two, do you have anything to add? Yes, I think you explained that pretty great. Um, basically, it's going to be Zara and Hien, you know, on this podcast, we give our takes relating to the wellness industry and, you know, a little bit on current events and politics. Um, and we want to do the same, but just on other topics that we both think about a lot, such as pop culture. And um, I also just want to share, um, and we'll have this linked in the show notes, uh, this summer, we will be doing, uh, we'll continue with some co-working hours that we've started on, as well as a monthly meditation and show. So this is an invitation, um, if you're able to, to hang out with us, because like, uh, we really want your involvement. We want to be in community with you. Um, we never wanted this podcast just to be the two of us just talking, like, down on you or like that kind of hierarchy of like I don't know the parasocial relationships that can happen with like um podcasters or content creators and their followers um because honestly we're just we're just two girls on the internet of, you know? we are too much of in we're too much of image types to be given that much power where we're like oh lording it over other people I just I don't do well with that kind of stuff um so yeah, we do actually want to be in relationship with you. And I do want to add like a little bit of why those are the two events we're offering. Um, and obviously, Han, feel free to add more. But I was going to say for specifically co-working hours, I think it's interesting that I'm like, oh, we want to talk about leftist stuff. And then I'm like, let's work together. Um, and by co-working hours, I just mean it's, it's accountability space. If you want to come and fucking do housework on there, if you want to come and make phone calls for appointments you need to make, uh, if you want to do actual work, if you're a solo entrepreneur or a small, you work for a small company or you work from home and you want just people to be accountable with or people to share space with who share similar values to you, um, come and join us. Uh, and then Meditation and Chill is an event which I will let Hian explain more about, but she started which I think is really amazing and it gives such a space for community and like uh we talked about restorative joy right is that what we called it Re revolutionary. revolutionary yeah I was like that's not the right word revolutionary joy and I think uh meditation and chill is a great place to uh reset your nervous system as all of ours are just constantly fried all the time and that is kind of the point they're trying to make right now um but to have a space where you can come and reset your nervous system and be with people where afterwards you can just like chat and be like what the fuck is going on here or like man I love that meditation have you seen this tv show or just something silly you can chat about anything it's really just to build space and community um but yeah Hien, I you know that event better because you started it so do you have anything to share I don't actually have anything to share. I think it's exactly what it sounds like. It's meditation and chill. So it's literally come practice meditation and then come chill. Um, very low stakes. And um, it's always going to be free. I always encourage if you want to give to me to actually give to, you know, something in your local community, like a food bank or mutual aid in your local community. Um, because it's really something that is not really about me like it's about me in the sense that I like to facilitate meditation and show but it's really for the community and I started it 
um, during the pandemic in 2020. And so I'm going to keep doing it because I believe in it. Um, and yeah, so Zara, I'm curious to know, kind of circling back to talking about some of our bonus um, episodes, ideas that we were um, going to be, that we will be doing later on. I'm curious to know if you have any thoughts on anything pop culture right now. Um, yeah, I do have some thoughts on some pop culture stuff and we're going to talk about Brad Pitt. Um, I don't have tons to say about this because I haven't been watching it too in-depthly, but I am a part of some pop culture subreddits where I, I get to see some of what's going on. And I think he had a new GQ cover where they dressed him up like Timothy Chalamet. Like if Timothy Chalamet or Harry Styles were doing a cover where they would like dress him kind of like eclectic or what is it? Eccentric and uh, like gender non-binary in sorts. Um, and I believe one of his quotes, and I'm going to misquote this, but it is not as misquoted as it is going to sound. He says something like, I am a man. I am a murderer. <laughs> That's a specific line from it. Um, and it says like, you know, like, what do we all do? Like, I am an expanse of a human or some bullshit like that. And it's like, I don't know, maybe if you're accused of domestic abuse, don't fucking use the quote, I am a murderer. Um in an article that you've been featured in. Also, there are talks that he wants to sue Angelina Jolie over defamation and use the, uh, I don't even want to talk about the case, man, because it's so fucked up and everyone is so fucking, okay, maybe this was a bad topic to pick because I just, have, I just am angry about this is what it is. Um, I don't know that I have a leftist take. It's more beyond the like, manufacturing of an image to sell a story and like we believe that happens with characters but it's weird that people forget it happens with people you know what I mean where it's everyone people are like oh Brad Pitt such a classic dude no no so cool and it's like I don't know man he's just an like and it's not like I don't there aren't it there are Brad Pitt things that I was like wow he's really good at that but it's like I don't know. Here, I'm going to give myself a minute to compose. And do you have thoughts on Brad Pitt? Well, you know, something that I think about is basically like all these celebrities that we know about, like the really big ones where they're like household names. It's like their image is like really carefully crafted. Right. And so when I think about Brad Pitt, I feel like his image has been very like classic Hollywood like heartthrob turned into like producer who has done some good work you know behind the scenes kind of thing and for the most part um is usually like seen as admirable like yeah there in the 2000s there was like the whole Angelina Jolie and Jennifer Aniston like romance but even scandal. that he wasn't, he wasn't placed as a bad guy. They were both placed as bad guys. Right, right. And so that's the thing is like, there was that kind of, I don't know, romantic turmoil that happened and like the tabloids were all over it. But yeah, again, it was people blaming Angelina Jolie and it was very much like 
comparisons between the two women, Jen versus Angie type of thing. And um, it was just almost kind of like, and I was really young back that, but, but I remember because every time I went to the store with my mom, right, like the check by the checkout counters, there were like all the magazines were about Angie and Brad and Jen. And, um, you know, I just remember it being like, people kind of thought like what he did was kind of like a douche, douchey thing to do, but also kind of like, well, he has Brad Pitt. So like, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Well, and there was, I remember there was a lot of misogynistic talk about how Jen didn't give him babies or Jen can't give him babies. And then I also think it's really interesting that a lot of the a lot of the crafting of Jennifer Aniston's narrative has been, oh, she wants kids so badly, but she never had them because she didn't have Ben and then she, you know, whatever it was. But I don't think she actually wants kids that badly. She is a very well-off woman in a position of power. If she wanted to have children, she very easily could have. Um, so I, I do think it's very interesting, like you were saying, that they craft these narratives of celebrities and we all just kind of buy into them. Like, this might out me a little as a weirdo, but I do read a lot of like blind items. I listen to a lot of blind item stuff. Um, and I, I think a lot of it is just cis, hetero, older, generally white men. Uh, putting their baseless takes onto celebrities. I also think sometimes if the rumor is the same for 10 years, it makes me wonder how much of this is a crafted narrative and how much of this is, like how much of what we're seeing is their crafted narrative and how much of it is their reality. Like is Tom Hanks a sweetheart or is Tom Hanks a creep? Like, and we just don't know. And I, I obviously want to be really careful using Tom Hanks's name here because Pizzagate is like real obsessed with Tom Hanks and how he's like, I don't know, skin oh my gosh. or something. Zara, you know what I mean? I just want to say that like, uh, of all the, of all the like hot topics, hot takes we, we talk about on this podcast, you mentioning Tom Hanks kind of scared me a bit just because his image reflects him as someone who's like so what's the word like America's wholesome. sweetheart yeah like so wholesome that even I'm just like oh wait a minute right because and I feel bad about yeah because I love Tom Hanks too but I'm also like are you that great if you made Chet Hanks <laughs> I'm so glad you said that like because Colin didn't grow up with him and he seems fine but Chet grew up with him and what's wrong with that one yeah yeah Chet Hanks is something else uh what so it, what yeah you know last summer he called it like a white boy summer I just I don't know what's going on with that man like no I, now white boy summer is some weird white nationalist call of course um so but yeah that that is a really interesting thing um uh, because you know we don't really I guess the thing is like we don't really know these people and so something because we had talked about this individually and I'm hoping you can share a little bit about it because I can't remember everything you had said but I remember being like this is really something that I think should be put out there or this type of uh what what you were thinking should be put out there is like you know why does it matter that we follow celebrity in our culture or like you know what does it say about 
us that we try to examine or critique or just watch celebrities oh good because because some leftists or just not even a lot of leftists but texting yeah yeah yeah, but just some people who are like hey I believe in progress um and I don't think it's progress to focus on celebrities at all I think it's all bullshit it's all a distraction and I remember we had a little conversation about this and yeah I'll just let you talk now yeah 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 well I appreciate you bringing it back to that because I forgot that point I made but I do remember now um I I hear that so often, especially in leftist spaces where it's like, oh, talking about pop culture is a waste of time. Celebrities are a waste of time. Entertainment industry is a waste of time. Um, first off, I want to say, what did you do when you were all stressed out this weekend? Did you binge watch some TV or listen to some music and cry to it? Because um, entertainment is not frivolous. It is the it, art is what keeps our souls alive. <laughs> um, but also, while I agree to the extent that a lot of these conversations are happening is not productive for society, I think, and we talked about this, is I think celebrities are representative of the values we hold as a society. And I think it's the way that our country runs and the way that our entertainment system runs, where it's like, got to pop out something new. Oh, this came out on Wednesday. This came out on Friday. This came out next week. When are you working on the sequel? If you keep it moving and keep it going, any sort of critiques you place on a piece of media or uh, a celebrity get caught up in the cycle of the week and then we move on to the next thing. And I think that is obviously representative of a cultural value we have, which is like novelty, Um, where it's like we always got to have something new, but it's to avoid that discomfort of sitting with the critique. And I think the space for those critiques is what we need more of versus saying, let's get rid of media, let's get rid of the industry, let's get rid of celebrities. And like, don't get me wrong, in an ideal world, I don't really know that celebrities would exist for me. Um, Just because in an ideal world, we could all be actors or all be musicians and do other things that contribute to society um, where you don't have to fetishize specific people. Um, But yeah, I do think it is a, it's a way to look at society and see what we value and where we place that, um, which is a different point that I made during our other conversation, but here we are. <laughs> so we you know, get for not recording it. You know, <laughs> I think the points are pretty similar um, because I think what you were just, something I remember what you were saying when we initially talked about this topic was just how there's an issue in how fast the news pass by and I think that's what you're referring to when you say like instead of being in the discomfort of the critique and seeing how like you know what celebrities might do and the news on them reflect us right we um kind of just move on to the next story right like like Beyonce's new album where she both claimed to stand with workers and crossed several picket lines in the last year Zara, <laughs> you're gonna get us canceled. First you went I know for the Tom Bay, Hanks, I, but hey, now you went honestly, for Beyonce. I know. <laughs> I'm just like, let's rip all of America's sweethearts down. Um, in fairness, I didn't do it. Beyonce did. Um, 
I didn't choose to for her to come out with an album. But as you can see, it's like already basically old news. Like people already had the critique where they were like, well, first people had the excitement where they were like, yeah, Beyonce supports the working class and the great resignation of 2021. And then they were all like, Beyonce doesn't support us. She cross picket lines. She does things that don't support unions. I think they've had like non-union workers for her tours or something along those lines. I can't remember what the specifics were about that, but it doesn't surprise me either way. Um, but it's like, all those critiques are done. And I know Roe v. Wade came out on Friday. So like, obviously that took precedent to, you know, an album, but it's like the, the space we lost to critique that is what we need, you know? Because then we can all say, okay, well, like, why are we listening to this, this album? And why are we all trying to go back to, it's weird how we're cycling through decade trends so fucking quickly. Like we were in, and it's interesting to me also how we always skip the sixties. Think about it. We will do the seventies. We have bell bottom jeans velvet 80s 90s we've already we're already doing 2000s basically with Beyonce's album we're doing 2010s because we have electronic with Beyonce we are circling through the trend so quickly but we won't get to the 60s because why that's when actual fucking change happened um <laughs> so we can't let any of those trends be promoted because they might accidentally influence society to not be I'm like, this is obviously speculation. I'm not saying like, this is a conspiracy and that's what they're doing. But like, that is my thought on why we address the decades all over the place, but we have not touched the 60s. You know, I'm really glad you brought that up because I'm trying to think of the 60s because, you know, around what, 10 years ago, we were kind of doing the 2010s fashion included like the Americana that kind of invite in kind of like included the 1950s slash 1960s like aesthetic, like just the aesthetic. Um, I'm thinking Zoe Deschanel and Lana Del Rey, you know. But besides that, there hasn't been really anything else other than the aesthetic that gets blended with the 1950s fashion that feels like this was the 60s. And so you know what? I find that interesting. Um and I don't know if it's fully true, because maybe if we look back, there's more 60s references, but I know the 60s well, and, was a really hard time, like, because there was just so much political, cultural turmoil. Uh, well, and that's why I think people kind of, like, stay away from naming. And I'm sure there is 60s influence in everything, like, in lots of, like, different aesthetics, like you said, in the, like, 2010s Zoe Deschanel aesthetic. Like, it does weave into there, but it's not that full where you, like, I don't know, was it? I want to say last year but I don't fucking know what time is anymore like that when the girls were all wearing like 70s inspired outfits and they look like they were in the 70s you know what I mean or when people were wearing 80s inspired outfits and it was like oh you look like you're from the 80s or like the 90s grunge scene is like big right now and people like but you don't see anyone in like full 60s garb unless it's like hippie costume sold at spirit halloween um yeah I don't know I just think it's interesting to see that that decade doesn't stand out alone so much as in a fashion and in, like what's going on yeah I don't know I think it's interesting um, yeah that's really interesting um I'm curious to know if you have any 
I don't know why this question came to mind. Okay. This, this could be related to what we were just talking about, or it could be a whole new subject, but I'm going to ask it. Zara, do you have any hopes right now? <laughs> and, and this could, you can think back on what I, when we were starting to talk about pop culture and the bonus episodes we hope to do, or you can think about it in terms of current events or your yeah. own life. I have lots of hope. I'm filled with hope eternally, as we've discussed earlier in this podcast. Um, yeah, and I also want to just share that when we talk about pop culture stuff, the episodes will be more planned. Basically, he had was like, Zara, if you want to mention that in this episode, you're going to start the conversation. And instead of planning anything, I went, sure, I can do that. Um, <laughs> if you want to know why that conversation was just an ADHD nightmare, it's because of me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do have a lot of hope. And obviously that that is waning and waxing with my feelings and, you know, the world. But one of the things I have big hope for is, and I know this sounds so weird because they're generally, genuinely trying to take this right away from us, but like the internet, like access to the internet gives us a lot more access to people's different ideas and stuff. And I think that gives me a lot of hope is that, while there is a lot of misinformation being spread around, there's also a lot of like actual information and places to learn from and people to learn from. Um, I also think what gives me a little bit of hope is, while it's not entirely dead, the age of the influencer is really becoming something else. Uh, so I think it is opening up space to have people who are not defined by influencing people to become popular on the internet if that makes sense like I don't like influencing more quote-unquote with ideas like sharing information versus buy these shoes oh my god I love this purse which again follow influencers love some of their content but um and another thing that gives me hope is it's not over it's never over uh, the battle between good and evil will last the entirety of time. Uh, and you will never stomp out good. Like, you can't stomp out love. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a interwoven into the universe. Uh, so I think it's really important to remember that, like, it's not over. <laughs> it's not over until we're all dead from climate change. <laughs> I know. I also don't believe in climate doomism. So you took that as like a sad thing. I look to indigenous communities because they're doing a lot more to save the land than most of us know about. Uh, yeah. Do you have hope, Pian? Tell me about your hope as, as a four. <laughs> you know, Zara, I felt like I really needed to hear what you had to say, especially with that line about how you can't stomp out love. I felt like I really needed to hear that. Um, so thank you, first of all. Uh, secondly, do I have hope? Um, I feel like hope is a lot like happiness in that it's very like fleeting for me. And so I feel like I have it's kind of like the idea of like when people talk about safe spaces, like there's no real like 
safe space guaranteed, but there are spaces that might be safer or safe-ish or, you know, brave spaces. And so it's funny, but I think about hope in a similar way where it's like, um, there's never like a hopeful place, but I am often fortunate enough to find spaces and moments and communities where hope can be fostered. And so obviously doing this work with you, talking to the people, our guests, the people we interview, that does give me hope as well as, you know, learning from black and indigenous folks and seeing what they are doing to basically save all of us. That gives me hope. Um, Even seeing allies do the best they can or allies or accomplices do the best they can to support the folks who are at the front lines. That gives me hope. Um, You know, seeing people, and I guess I can count myself in this group, the quote unquote healers. So the people who tend to the trauma and grief, our collective trauma and grief, uh, that gives me hope. Um, But, you know, it's like the whole safe space thing. Like there's never just true hope that's always guaranteed it's kind of like uh it's kind of like a I don't know how to explain it it's like it's like kind of like building culture right like it's there's no like one true hopeful place I can go to uh, at least not while being in the U.S. but or actually really anywhere in the world because I'm a four and I could go to the most idealistic country and I'll still find something wrong with it you know me so yeah yeah, when I also want to add there too, um, and this is a big PSA to people who are talking about leaving the U.S. If you are Black, please feel free to disregard everything I'm saying because I don't live in a Black body, so I can't understand, you know, that experience. But so many non-Black people of color and white people are talking about how, like, they just need to leave the red states and leave the U.S. No, you dummies. Stop giving the Republican, you are just giving the power to the Republicans by leaving those states. And you are fucking over all of those marginalized folks who cannot afford to do that. So shame on all of you for wanting to leave, suck it up and you stick it out like me in a fucking red state. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I agree with you that hope is, I love that hope is like building space versus it being a space you're staying in. Yeah. And oh my gosh, Azara, you were so like harsh, but in a way that I think people need to hear and maybe not so much our listeners, but there is that general attitude of like, I don't like what's happening. So I'm just going to run away. And the thing is, you know, it's not like like I haven't thought of it. I, I think it's okay as human beings to feel like when we are faced with challenges to want to run away, but that's not going to solve the problem. When it's a trauma response, flight is a trauma response. I do understand that aspect of it. But again, yeah, what you're saying, it does not solve the problem. And like, it's just making it easier for Republicans to bulldoze over in those states and those people. And that is unfair. And it's not even just Republicans, please. We know that, but. (laughs) Yes, it's not just Republicans. It's really the people in power who are the status quo keepers and sadly it does include democrats i don't that's not going to get us canceled or if that does i don't care (laughs) if you cancel us over the fact that we think democrats are pieces of shit for the general most part 
good the fuck bye and don't listen to this podcast anymore <laughs> oh that's so funny yeah um <laughs> I mean honestly Zara I think most people in our generation get it most yeah, people well, and, get it it's- yeah well and my bigger issue is that those people need to vote I I don't I'm not a blue vote blue no matter who person but I am a voting is not going to stop this but that doesn't mean you stop voting yeah I think that I think that is um, um a fair take and you know it's I don't know I started to think I, I asked you about hope and then I started to think about the things that made me hopeless and so I'm just gonna pause and take yeah. a breath and just say that um you know, I feel as if there is this, the way that you said that you can't stomp out love. I feel like there's always the possibility for hope. And that is something that I try to lean into during difficult moments of like, you know, yeah, a lot of scary things are happening right now. Um, and you can't stomp out love. And there's always possibilities for an alternative world. Like a new world is waiting for us. Or we, some of us go back and listen to our podcast episodes with the midwives, you know, some of us are already creating that world we are desperately needing. And so that there's always that possibility of hope. And there's always people who can join them and help them. Or maybe you yourself are doing something, right? We're doing things. So that possibility is always there. So I'm just going to leave it at that, Zara, um, if you want to mention anything else before we close. Um, Well, in true ADHD fashion, I do remember the pop culture topic I wanted to talk about (laughs) during this episode. (laughs) Um, But it does feature spoilers for Umbrella Academy season three, um, which I don't know if you watch Umbrella Academy. I think you would like it. So I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, and I won't go into too many spoilers, like specifics, but I will say people's lack of intersectionality on their takes about characters and character arcs makes me fucking furious. So there is a character on Umbrella Academy season three who, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, don't get mad at me if you haven't fucking watched this season, you're mad about it. Um. There's a character who goes to their villain arc. And did I like the actions of this character? No. Do I recognize the intersectional layers of what maybe made this character behave in the way they did? Yes. Did I go online to find thousands upon thousands of takes? This character is a Black woman, by the way. Um, where they were just like, she's the worst and unredeemable. She's a monster. (laughs) And it's like, maybe be careful about the language you're using when describing specific groups of people. Um, (laughs) Maybe also remember that like, that character was written by people, mostly white people in that writing room who maybe didn't understand the nuance and the context and the intersectionality of creating a character with the specific arc that you are discussing and that we follow in the show. Um, and it, it is really interesting to me to see how people are like, oh, pop culture is useless and all these takes are garbage when 
people are lacking the media literacy and the understanding and the grasp of intersectionality to actually be able to critique things in a way that is, I don't wanna say productive because that feels like a very capitalistic word, but um, in a way that moves the conversation forward. Yeah, um, so if I hadn't have talked for so long about Brad Pitt and Tom Hanks, and Beyonce, that is a conversation we probably would have been having. Um, but instead, you're just going to get that little, little hot bit at the end from me. You know, I love hearing you talk, obviously. Um, but I also just really appreciate all your pop culture, I guess, knowledge. Like you, so like Zara would send me like interesting um, pop culture, I don't know, TikToks or like news, or like would mention things that I didn't know about and I always appreciate it because I also follow pop culture but um I think Zara you have a broader perspective on pop culture than me because I'm very into the royal family um and I feel like that's like a dirty secret as someone who considers herself a leftist to be like oh. and I follow the monarch you know because I find them interesting and so much that has been happening in the monarchy in the British monarchy right now I feel like really reflects on culture yeah especially in the west yes um and so yeah i just want to say thank you zara um is there anything else, is there anything else you want to say no um yeah thank you for thinking that i don't think i have like brilliant takes but i appreciate that you let me talk about pop culture and i do feel like we are releasing a dirty secret thank you for uh, outing us as a royalist and a pop culture lover because um, it does feel dirty saying that in leftist spaces, but I stick with the view I espoused earlier on this episode, which is that we need to be having conversations about these um, in a slower way, not in like a give me your hot take on Beyonce in two minutes or less, and let's move on and never talk about it away. But yeah. <clears throat> well said, Zara. I definitely agree with it. You know, I think I mean, we talk about people who have more power than us. So I kind of feel like there's a sense of like, well, why wouldn't you want to pay attention to what people who have power and influence are doing in our world? We don't like, have to suck up to them. We're not saying go buy, you know, every new CD or go see every new movie of your favorite person. You can if you want, but we're yeah. saying. It's like, know, I don't, I don't watch the Kardashians. I don't like the Kardashians. But did I do research and find out that Kim Kardashian is building an underground wellness bunker with a security tower in her fucking house? Yeah. Yes, I did. You can look that up on the internet, my friends. Um, but yeah, you know, she denies it, but that's a report put in by your neighbors. So I don't know, man. It's not a report, you know, like a complaint. Anyways. Yeah. So this episode has gone on much longer than expected, but I think it was nice. Yeah, it was great. So thank you everybody for listening. And, you know, please make sure to subscribe to our Substack. Um, and if you pay $5 a month, you can also get our bonus content. Um, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, which includes our bonus episodes and we'll be including our bonus pop culture episodes. So if you like this all over the place episode, you will love the more organized ones. All right. Bye for now, everyone. We love you. Thank you. Bye.